Cave Comedy Radio is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Input the code CCR at checkout for discounts. Hey there, uh, Cave Comedy Radio fans. Um, you're about to listen to uh, Sex and Other Human Activities. Um, my name is Bunky Houseman, and um, I wrote in and uh, got some advice from Jackie Marcus, and at first I thought it was great, and then um, I fucking lost everything. Um, so if you could... Uh, just know that their advice is for entertainment purposes only. You know, I lost my family, I lost my house, and um, I lost my career, uh, which was hard to do. I was a professional gambler. I thought that would be a thing that they could help me do, and they did. Um, so if you have any questions or advice you need, just make sure you email cavecomingradio at gmail.com, ask for Marcus or Jackie, and... Um, or maybe just say hello to Henry from last podcast on the list because he needs he needs your, your attention, he needs your affection. Um, so thank you and enjoy sex and other human activities. All right, welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Marcus Parks. I'm Jackie Zabrowski. And you know, today we've got so many fucking letters that we're just going to jump right into them. We're just going to fucking leave ourselves at the doorstep today. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, I'm you guys into it. You guys have fucking you heard know so our much bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could take a week off of our bullshit. Yeah, why the hell not? It's fine. So we're, the first letter we're going to start with is uh, this is a follow-up letter. Uh, somebody that we talked about not too long ago is a, a listener that says that she does. She has so many creative projects going on. She has a kid and a full time job, and is working on her graphic She's novel. Fucking rocking the hell out of life. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if any out there are looking for inspiration or a little bit of a kick in the ass as far as getting your creative projects done, let me just read you this woman's day. Wake up. Get my son and myself ready. Drop him off at preschool. Go to work. Pick him up at the end of the day. Go home. Get him an after-school snack. Sit down and work on the comic. Make dinner. Eat with the kids. Spend some time with them after dinner. Get him ready for bed. Read him a bedtime story. Watch one of the movies for her podcast or work on the comic. Hubby comes home around then as he works later shifts. Spend some time with him. Sleep. Repeat. And that's like... It can't change. Like, that's the yeah. thing, is that there is no change. And when you find yourself in such, like, a – you seem like – like, it sounds like that's a rut, but it's not. No. You're still doing you. You're still doing mm-hmm. what you need to fucking do and still being creative and getting your shit done. And it takes a lot longer when you have other responsibilities. But but people that come home after work and say, oh, but I'm so tired from the day, bullshit. Yeah. There's time, and if, you, if it's important to you, you can make that time, and that's why this woman is a role model. Exactly, and here's what she has to say. I totally agree that some people just have more drive to create than others. We have a hole that we must fill with whatever makes us happy. For me, it's uh, reaching a goal that one day I might achieve. That goal is to be a published, published artist able to make a living off of my creativity. It's a goal I've had ever since childhood, and I'm not giving it up, unlike many people I've seen growing up. It's so disheartening to see those people with that spark to just turn into the hollow shells of their former selves, my husband especially. He and I met in his senior year of college. He had such creativity in life. He wanted to visit Japan and be a writer for Wizards of the Coast or other RPG publisher. I know someone who works for them. It's a fucking tough gig to get, but it is an awesome gig. But as he graduated and realized the real world sucks, it all went away. 
Eight years later, I'm still trying to prove to him that just because we're older, stuck in dead-end jobs, and have a little one to take care of, you cannot give up on your dreams. Maybe that's why I work myself so hard and keep such a crazy schedule. If I accomplish my dream, maybe it'll prove to him that he can have that spark again. Here's the question. How does it affect you to see friends or family give up on their dreams, and what can we do to rekindle their spark? That's a great question. Honestly, I think that what you're doing is such a great way to start creating the spark, especially in someone that you love, like being around someone that is still, you know, wringing their day out just to have some little bit of time to work on what they want to work on. Like we said, that you're a role model. And I feel like that's a great place to start in making him awaken and be like, I can do it. Mm-hmm. You can do it, too. Especially like in your different shift schedules, like, uh, you know, you you explain that he works a later shift in the day and I'm sure that he works late night. So he wants to sleep in in the morning and take it easy in the morning. But there's always time in that time day. It's hard to get started early and work on something before you go to work. And it's hard to also you can't make someone do that either. No. But once you start doing it, you realize how good you feel that maybe it is something that he could try to do to remember what it was like because I feel like too especially as you get older you forget how good you feel when you create when you were a creative person and there's something about forcing yourself to do it even like I mean we were gone for a week last week which was great yeah but I miss doing podcasts I missed doing shows even though it was just a week like the second you get back into it like I got we got home we immediately had to do a podcast that evening and before I left I was like oh I don't want to go and then I got there and then I remembered why we do this it's fun as hell it's It's fun and especially like with creating comic books things like that you are almost living in a different world that you create this guy is well he uh i mean he wants to be a writer for uh wizards of the coast rpg publishers i mean this guy is literally living in another world like this is like rpg games tabletop gaming uh where they literally create a whole other world for other people to live in so that is i mean hell that's the best thing you could possibly do if your life sucks if you don't like your life you can go in and create this other world and one thing that it might be you know we all have different creative schedules as far as when we're most creative i'm most creative late at night uh and a lot of people that i know are creative late at night maybe this guy isn't creative in the morning and i also you know my my schedule is is fairly late uh so I'm usually not that – I usually wake up around like 10 or 11. Uh, and during in the morning time, the first few hours I'm awake, I do not do creative work in that time as far as like working on the band or working on just whatever fucking weird little project that I do alone in my room just for my own kind of little right. – just, just for my own yeah, satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So – it's possible to maybe talk to the, talk to your husband about when he is most creative and trying to accommodate that. Right. And also, I'm, I'm not sure I'm not too familiar with it the way that you are. Are there festivals or anything that like is there like a basically like a comic con I, of that? Like, is there a place that maybe I know it's hard to take a break in life, especially when you have a kid, especially yeah. go on vacation. But if there's something that you could do together to make him remember how much he loves it as well, whether it's, you know, playing one of those games together. Like I said, I don't know too much about that stuff, Mm. essentially. But 
because if he's not in that world anymore, he doesn't think about it. But doing something that makes you remember when you guys first met. Yeah. Kind of thing, you know, and that like spark when you guys talk about creative things and like we both, you know, date someone that that is also creative in other ways. And when you start jamming with them in a conversation about what they're working on, I feel like that creates the connection of when you guys first met. Yeah. You know, and just and bringing that back. So maybe like even a date night or something that's just the two of them that you create that gives him a memory back mm-hmm. of what he felt because it's hard exactly in the routine you forget the past yeah which you know mm-hmm. you forget what it used to be like and i'm just starting to deal with that in my own life you know i'm starting to get to that age that you re- i'm starting to forget yeah. <laughs> so you know it's it, you know. just got to remember in any little way shape you can and I would say, I mean, nudge him into it. Don't force him into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, de- you know, it's like maybe like start small, little hints here and there, little things. Uh, but I would say it's something worth talking about and just asking him why. Yeah. Like, why, you know, why don't you do this stuff anymore? Uh, yeah, because then this is really about him and yeah. his spark. Yeah. Or maybe you guys could work on something together. Yeah. You know, that's also something, especially it seems that when someone loses the, their creative spark, it does create a distance in a relationship, especially when one person is so intent on creating. So maybe it is something that you could ask him about, like throw ideas at him about the comic or maybe wait and work on it when he gets home. I know it's so I'm sure it's like really fucking late and he's really tired, but or on a weekend or something, just like sit mm-hmm. and jam on it together. And then also could create a spark in him as well. I mean, you love horror movies and all things horror, you know? I mean, if he loves it as well, you know, maybe you guys could work on some sort of horror RPG. That would be awesome. Like that's, I think that's, you know, try to find some sort of like collaborative project that you guys can do together because, you know, it's when you work in some kind of like solitary thing, it's hard to get your ass back in gear after you've had it parked for so long. Right. It's uh, But it's when someone is next to you being like, come on, this is a great idea. You yeah. know this is a great idea. Let's do this. Yeah. Then there's no reason not to. Because me and, you know, me and Jackie are have the advantage of working in collaborative art. Right. Like, you know, Jackie does sketch. I'm in a band. Like, it's... If one of us, if we're dragging ass a little bit, then the rest of the people in the group can kind of like see that's going on and say, hey, what's going on? Kind of put you a boot to, in your you ass. You need a to bit. get your ass in gear right now. Right. Like, you need, you know, you need to fucking, uh, you need to man up or you're going to get left behind. Uh, and so that helps uh, if we have that. But, you know, if he doesn't have that, then you got to be that person. Yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Sweet. And thanks so much for giving us a reply. It's so yeah. great when someone gives us feedback on what we had to say as well, and that really, it means so much. Mm-hmm. All right, well, the next question is a little bit heavier, just a little bit. Uh, it involves uh, a listener named Chris, who uh, is a longtime listener on all the Cave Comedy Radio shows, and uh, he has recently uh, broken up with his uh, girlfriend at 10 years. Uh, So let's start with that. He says, 
It was an awesome 10 years, but with the economy, economy like it is, it's tough to find a good job. For the past two, maybe three years, I've been working night shifts and fast food. And about two years ago, we talked about me going to school during the day so I can get a better job. So I went to school for automotive tech, basically to be a mechanic or work at parts stores, and I graduated last November. Since then, I've been busting my ass trying to find a job in that field and failing to do so. In the last few months, maybe four to five months ago, we would have we would have arguments about me finding a job for what I went to school for or just a better job. But where I live here in Judsonia, Arkansas, there ain't much to work at unless you have a foot in the door. And along with that, she believes that I'm not trying hard enough. I assure y'all that I am. But she said the last few months that she hasn't been happy. I want her to be happy, but I still believe that we are meant to be, and I believe that she still believes it also. Now, of course, I want her to be happy, and I'm willing to let her go, but I don't know how. All I want to do is act less like a man and beg and confess how much I love her. What can I do to make this easier for me to try to get her to try to think about what she is doing? I mean... It sounds like she's going to be at least it seems like everything that she has asked you to do, you have done. Yeah. Which in relationship, I don't know how what you were asking of her in turn and in, in things that would make your life easier or if you were asking her for anything. But you stepping up to the plate and doing all of those things means a lot in a relationship. And honestly, if she doesn't see that you were trying, she doesn't and she fights with you about finding a job. And like you said, it's in a bad economy. You're in a small town. That's really hard to do. And she just isn't happy anymore. She's probably just not happy anymore. Yeah. I feel like she's probably blaming all of that stuff on you and blaming your job on the problems of the relationship and your issues with the relationship problems. But it sounds like She's got issues herself. Yeah, she's got some shit going on. And if she, all she's doing is focusing on your job. And your, yeah. quote unquote, failures. I just feel like that she's unhappy with her life and what she's doing. and She's putting it on you. And maybe you shouldn't be with that. Yeah. I mean, not that, I mean, 10 years is a long time. It's hard to just throw away. But also think of how much you're doing for someone else. And all of those things are positive things that you're doing, which is awesome. But maybe you need to look at you. Exactly. Like, what do I want to fucking do? Yeah. You know, and maybe if you had that time that if you're not working so hard to make her happy. And, of course, love blinds you no matter what. You want her to be happy because you love her, which is completely understandable. But she needs to meet you halfway. Yeah. She needs to, you know, then if that's such an issue... Uh, you know, help you find a job then. Why doesn't she go out and help you do that stuff? Or what, where does she work that she needs you to make the money for the two of them as well? And, and another thing, uh, Judsonia, Arkansas has a population of 1,982. Yeah, you know, it's just it's, not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, that there's not a whole lot of, you know, room for... You know, automotive repair, you know, for I mean, I don't know what, uh, you know, what is around Judsonia, Arkansas. You know, if you're trying your ass off to find a job, I don't know what the hell else this woman wants from you. Right. And then like that's the thing is that not that a breakups are ever easy or that they're always the answer, but maybe taking some time away from her and figuring out what you need to do to get through your life. Maybe then you could scrape up the money 
and get out of there. Get yeah. out of Judsonia, Arkansas, you know, and make something for yourself in a bigger city where there are more jobs. Because, I mean, yeah, the economy's hard everywhere. It's even hard to find a fucking job here, too. Yeah. But at, at the same time, if you're not so wrapped up in making her happy, then you can take care of yourself. Exactly. Yeah, maybe it's time to get the fuck out of Judsonia. Yeah, which uh, but, is hard and it's expensive. You know, it definitely. And I'm sure whether you know it or not, and having come from the small town, you know, uh, I'm sure there is a fear in your mind that there really aren't a whole lot of women around in Judsonia, Arkansas. Oh yeah. You know, and there probably aren't. You know, your pro- you know future prospects. If you think about it, you know, if you think like look around, it's like, well, there aren't really a whole lot of women around, so. It's going to be tougher for me to, to let go. But you also can't let your life be ruled by your dick. Yeah. You can't let your life be ruled by... Also you know, your heart, too, if you're in love with someone. Yeah. You know, that's... As much as your heart is what rules almost all of your actions all the time, especially when it comes to someone that you're in love with, you got to remember that it's not your brain as yeah. well. You know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly, man. And, you know, it's like Jackie said, maybe it's time for you to get the fuck out of Judsonia. You know, scrape scrape some money together. And, I mean, hell, you don't even have to, uh, you know, you don't even have to go. I mean, fucking move to Texarkana or something. You know, like there's plenty of places. Yeah, you don't have to go to New York or Los Angeles or Chicago. Just move to a bigger city. Get you know, have some sort of change in your life. And the bigger city you move to, the better chance you you're gonna have of finding a job and And not working and not working at Taco Bell anymore. And then your self esteem, especially you, seem like you're fucking. You're a go-getter, man. Yeah. Like, you're doing shit for yourself, which a lot of people can't say. And that if you moved up and you went to a different place, you will find a job. If you And, like, if that's all that you're concerned with is finding a job and bettering yourself, then your self-esteem is going to go through the roof. And you're going to realize that you don't need to bend over backwards for someone that is, quote-unquote, in love with you because she's just making you jump through hoops. And, of course, at least they are bettering hoops. They are making you better. But being in a relationship isn't just someone telling you, you got to do this, you got to do this, and you have to remember that. Yeah. You know, that that you got to work together and that it's not just your job that's the issue. Yeah. And it sounds like there's other stuff going on here besides just your station in life. And remember, if you do move, like, don't be discouraged if you if you move to another city and have to take a fast food job there. You know, yeah. you might have to do that until you find something in your career of choice, until you get into some sort of automotive repair uh, or automotive tech. You know, you might have to just to support yourself and form a nice baseline. You might have to get another fast food job. There's a fucking nothing wrong with that. I know when I moved to New York, like I worked at a comic book store in college and I moved to New York City. I worked at a comic book store. Yeah. Not the career that I really wanted. And admittedly, yeah, it's more fun than fast food. Uh, but sometimes you have to go from the same thing you were doing that you weren't happy with in your old hometown to the new city that you moved to just until you could get something that is fulfilling. But also with your like awesome like 
achieving attitude. You can go in there with a degree and with experience under your belt, like years of experience, and say, I want to manage your position. Yeah. Then don't take us. You know, you have the experience. You have the drive. You go in, and especially in those kind of establishments, usually it's not people aren't going after, say, walking in being like, I want the manager position. Mm-hmm. Because you, they will give it to you. Yeah. I mean, like, I've had a few fast food jobs. Like, in, I had a mall court, the a courtyard job or whatever. Food Did you court. work for Dippin' Dots? No. <laughs> I worked for McAllister's. Ah. Makes, it it's, uh, makes big potatoes and sandwiches. <laughs> the secret is that it's two potatoes made into one potato. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give away the oh, secret. Oh, am I not supposed to give away the secret? <laughs> but basically I went in there and I had had other experience and I worked for two days and then I went to the boss and I said, okay, um, I've got this experience. You've watched me work these two days, and I should be a manager. And he gave me the manager position. Yeah. Because no one had ever said that to him before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so you just got to say it. You got to tell him what you want. And that would be a great way to start over again. I think you can do it, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. I, th- I think you can, too. It's it's You've been in a relationship for for 10 years, and she's not happy, and it sounds like you're not happy either. Yeah. So it's it's time for a change. So do the change however you want to do it. Figure out what's best for you and just do it. And, and also it's I feel like it's hard to accept the fact that when you love someone and they don't love you back, you after 10 years, they don't love you back. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, you've been together for a long time. I'm sure at some point she had loved you, but you over loving someone pushes them away as well, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like that's not going to make them love you either which sucks no nope. i've been there <laughs> it's time to let her go man hell yeah and if she comes back to you then she comes back to you but yeah but you're gonna have an automotive position in a different state yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's gonna be awesome yeah and she can move to come join you but yeah let her go and fuck let your life and take go, man. care of yourself man do it all right, so we're going to answer our next one. We got something from a teenager. All right. We got something from a, a 16-year-old kid, and we asked him to not u- – he asked us to not use his real name. Uh, so we'll just call him uh, – you. We'll call him you. Jim. All right, yeah, Jim. Jack. Jimmy Jack. Jimmy Jack. Jimmy Jack. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy Jack. I, I like it. I was yeah. thinking of something like Salcedo, but <laughs> Jimmy Jack works too. Jimmy Jack. All right. Well, he wrote us a very long email. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarize exactly what happened with this kid. I think that kid. sounds great. Uh, he was 16. He fell in love with, uh, with his best friend, a girl. Uh, and she had never even kissed a dude. She'd never dated a dude. One of those girls. So it goes on for a little while. You mean She's, most 16-year-olds? Yeah. <laughs> for the, I mean, for the most part. That's, yeah. You know? Exactly. Uh, and so she ignored him. She started ignoring him. And he's like, ah, I want you back. Where are you? And then he started ignoring her. And then she came back. And let me tell you, here's the key to this whole thing. Both of them are drama kids. I mean, I have been in that exact position. <laughs> exactly. And so have I. I've been with the uh, awkward girl that... Uh, but they were together for a while, though, right? No. I mean, they had known each other for a long time. But and the, he told her that he yeah, loved her. Exactly. And the whole relationship thing was more, no more than a month, it sounds like. Uh, and he said that, you know, it threw him into depression and he came back. And I think a lot of... Uh, not 
all, but a lot of the letters that we get uh, from teens is that I think a lot of teenagers confuse depression with being a fucking teenager. Yeah. Yeah, you're depressed a lot. Yeah. I mean, they're, especially with, like, the, like Jimmy Jack is, <laughs> <laughs> is, like, you sound like a confident dude. And when you, like, I feel like I use the word depression incorrectly when I was younger as well, which it is, it's different than being sad about something and mm. overdramatic, which you are, especially as a drama kid. Oh, my God. Oh. It was the end of the world for everything. But it is hard to describe that without sounding like you're just a kid because you're not because it fucking sucks at the time. It's the worst. It's the worst. Yeah. I know completely. And I did. And, and what you went through, man, or what you're going through, Jimmy Jack. <laughs> I just laugh every time. Uh, what, what he's going through. Uh, I went through the exact same thing with a girl named Marcy. Uh, where we were both in drama together, where I was like just head over heels in love with her, and she was like the awkward girl and just super fucking hot. Uh, but I could never like get there, and she'd just say like, "Oh, we should just be friends," and then she'd start flirting with me again, and then I get really into it. And it's like, "Oh no, back off a little bit," uh, and it like devastated me over and over again. Uh, but you know, I, I mean, I got I got over it. You know, it it sucked for a long time. And in fact, I kind of had an on and off thing with her going from the time I was like 14 until I was 20. Really sucked. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and in fact, I would say like what she fucking did to me over the years is one of the reasons why I had a, a big problem trusting women for uh, most of my 20s. Uh, but I think you'll you'll get over this shit eventually. And most, you know, most times you just have to wait it out. And you're saying that, you know, you want your best friend back because you they were apparently best friends before this whole thing. Uh, but I don't think you're going to get it. Like, after no. romantic shit comes into it, it especially is... Especially at that age, man. Especially at that age, and even... Honestly, you know what? No, as an adult, yeah, I still have slept with friends, and afterwards we're like... God, man, we're just not friends anymore. It's never that the same. Sucks. It like is it never, is never the same, and, that's and you a, think it's going to be the same, and it's never the same. <laughs> no, it <laughs> never is. After you sleep with someone, it is never ever the same you again. You just make out with them drunkenly at a party. It's yeah. still weird. They made out at the movies. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's weird. And even if you're forty years old. Uh, and you know you sleep with you know a friend of yours even after you get to the point where you think you're at a point of like so-called maturity uh, where you can get over this it's never going to be the same you know that relationship you have with that person is never the same changed uh, into something you know maybe nothing it may not be like worse or better but it is going to be different and it's never going to go back to the way it was before and also now you've just been unfortunately introduced to being toyed with by a woman. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> because, like, especially with that, which I've had that with dudes, but it just happened to be, you know, I'm the aggressor usually in, in my past relationships. And with someone that just wants attention, mm-hmm. and then, you, like you said, you stopped giving her attention and she wanted you back. And that is... I don't want to say just women because dudes do this too, but as a woman, I feel like I have fallen victim to it of like, pay attention to me. No, I don't want to sleep with you. (laughs) Pay attention to me, please. Yeah. And like you want your friend back. But now also the difference is not even just that you guys made out, but that 
she learned that she has that power over you, which is not something that she probably has realized that she can manipulate just yet, but she's starting to realize it. That is the age when people start realizing that they can manipulate their way around someone having feelings for them and get them to do things for them and get them, you know, it's same with the 10 year relationship we were just talking about. I mean, it is that same thing. And so now she's realized that she can do this and you want her back as a friend, which is going to be really hard. You might, you got to give it time, dude. Yeah. Don't like, don't ignore her, but just treat her like an acquaintance. Yeah. And like, that's really all you can do. And you know, you're going to, Get go through time, just be acquaintances, especially in drama, which I had that completely with a dude. Mm-hmm. You're still working together all the time. Your heart still aches every time you <laughs> see them. And you're just like, oh, but you have to be indifferent as much as you can. But the more you ignore, the more she's going to paw at you and the more that this cycle is just going to keep happening. And, dude, you're stronger than that. Don't let that shit happen because she's going to use you. Mm-hmm. Even if she's a quiet girl, she doesn't know what she's doing, it's all... At that point, it's just hormones. Like, it's just how it goes. Yeah. And so just remember that. Remember that she doesn't have power over you, even though your dick is hard and your heart is fluttering. (laughs) You know, it's like there are other girls, man. Yeah. Totally. And I know also in high school, you're in this, like, cove of the same people and you see them every day and, you, you know, but, like, Dude, I hooked up with a dude at a movie theater. You know, I just, like, went to the movie theaters, met a guy. We started dating. I mean, didn't end very well, of course, (laughs) when you hook up with a dude in a movie theater. But I got over the guy that I had pined for for the past six years. And I still see pictures of him. And my heart still, like, skips. Yeah. It's weird. It's really weird. I'm I'm not in love with him anymore. But that will never change, especially at that, like, time in your life because it it is so dire and again like in theater too and you're around people all the time you're rehearsing together all the time it's just like oh like you're just there this would be so perfect but also being with someone and if you guys have been together longer and then you break up and then you still have to do plays with them and you still have to be around them all the time Uh, so much worse than just making out with somebody oh yeah so much worse especially then because you have your factions of like my friends and your friends at least it didn't get to that point you should be totally thankful it didn't get to that point (laughs) because it's terrible (laughs) oh it's it's the absolute fucking worst man and also i i want to stress that don't let this stick in your brain too hard because i know when it happened to me and this happened like i had i have a very long history of women toying with me uh, up until I was, you're easy. You're like a rag doll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, I really do have a very long uh, history of women toying with me. And up until I was about, I would say I was 26, something like that, 25, 26, and I was up here in New York. Uh, and there was this girl. Her name was Allie, and she was one of the hottest women I had ever seen in my life up to that point. She was a DJ. She was super cool, lived in Lower East Side. She like, saw you as the perfect rag doll. <laughs> she totally did. <laughs> she absolutely did. Like, like, she would invite me over and then, like, make out a little bit and then, like, just fucking, like, okay, you can go home now. Uh, and then, and then, uh, se- and then send me, and then I'd go home and then she'd send me a text message that just said, like, wanna? 
and which uh, is like, and, and then like, I was 25 years old. Yeah. And that, and then I'd send a text message back. I was like, yeah, sure. My place or yours. And then she wouldn't text me back at all Bitch. until like a few days later. Uh, and she just fucked with me so hardcore. And after that, and here is an interesting tidbit about that is that I was telling, uh, Nikita, my girlfriend about this girl one night and, uh, she was like, wait, what was her name? I was like, Allie. She's like, and so she's like really tall, long black hair from Jacksonville. Like, uh Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She goes, holy shit. My ex-boyfriend dated her. Ah, <laughs> the bitch herself. <laughs> yeah, but, and her ex-boyfriend that had, like, that she had so many, like, problems with and was kind of a douchebag as well. Because after that, like, I went on a uh, like a fairly long period where I didn't treat women very well. Yeah. Because uh, I finally, I said, like, this is not, this is never going to happen to me again. I am never going to feel like this ever again. Uh, and it even continued on into, you know, mine and Nikita's relationship for the first, like, couple months until, like, she called me out on it. I'm like, oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Like, and I didn't even realize I was, like, doing it, really. Like, it, the whole thing was, like, kind of subconscious. Uh, and it, it went all the way back to fucking Marcy when I was 14. <laughs> yeah, right? Because you know, that's I, when it starts, man. <laughs> like, that's when it started. And if you're that type of guy that gets jerked around by girls, uh, and it's not through any fault of your own. I think it just hey, comes from... you're just a from, good person. Yeah, that's yeah, the problem. It, like, it, that's... it comes from a place of wanting <laughs> to make people feel good, wanting to make people happy, and just being, like, genuinely uh, into someone and not knowing how to control that, not knowing how to control that instinct and that impulse to just say, like, hey, you're fucking great. You're awesome. Let's hang out. Like, you know how cool you are? Like, I'm cool, too. Like, we should, like... <laughs> we, if we should be a, cool together. Yeah, we should be cool <laughs> together. We could have a really good time. Like, I don't know uh, why we wouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> so let's do that, please. Uh, and then she look, looks at that as, you know, all right, no, we're we're not going to do that. Uh, and then once I uh, stopped, once I decided that I wasn't going to do that anymore, I ended up being on the opposite side. And I ended up being the guy. But you have to be careful of as well. There's a exactly. fine line that you have to tread of letting people use you and treating people like shit. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly enough. <laughs> and then I went to the opposite side. I started treating girls like shit and using them and knowing that I was doing it. Uh, well, that's just the age like old those, case of people that are like, well, uh, I was hurt in the past. Mm-hmm. Fuck the past. This yeah. Is the, this is the now. You have to remember that. Yeah. This is the absolute now, and it is hard, and it sucks, but it's, I mean, it's with, as with everything else in life, it's all about balance and knowing that every single person is different. Right. Like, you can't, like, I, you cannot say all women are like this, or all men are like this, like, and you can't go into that, like, all women are bitches, dude. And, you know, girls saying, all dudes are assholes. Like, you can't do that because every single person... You know, there are things that we all share as humans, and there are things that our gender share that are just true uh, and that are facts of life, but every person has is a variation on that, and every person has uh, their own personality traits and their own experiences in the past that have shaped them as a person, uh, so just be mindful of that and take every single person that you meet as a separate entity. 
just uh, know who that person is. But Try also to take what you've gained is. from the past, grow from it as well. Like mm-hmm. it's hard to just like throw the past and be like, whatever, you know, this is also like you can't go oh, that way too. With, like, this is the now, but like, like remember that. Yeah. Always remember what you had made a mistake with in the past. Like with this girl, remember that you are stronger than letting a girl toy with you like mm-hmm. that. But, you know, you just – but don't harp on it. Yeah, exactly. There we go. Hell yeah, man. All right. Next uh, question. Uh, this is from a listener named Adri. All right. And she says, I just started listening to the podcast recently and have been on a roll ever since. Love the show and your frank and very real talk about mental illness and otherwise. I wanted to get your take on my story. In a nutshell, I've suffered with severe anxiety and intermittent depression since I was a teenager. A few years ago, I got the added bonus of a chronic illness. Without going into too much detail, basically I'm physically uncomfortable a lot of the time. The combo of physical and mental illness definitely weighs heavy, and shortly after the illness started, I noticed my best friend beginning to be less and less available to me. And she more or less cut me out of her life. She claims that it was because of things that transpired during my wedding planning, but they were all small, insignificant things that mutual friends have agreed would not be worth cutting our relationship off for. I have tried several several times to repair the relationship by reaching out to her and even meeting up, but she never follows through with keeping things going, and every time I've tried, we've just ended up not talking again. Just recently, I wrote her a letter expressing how sad I, I am... I still am over the end of our relationship and what I would like to fix things if we can. I never got a reply. Everyone else in my life has told me to just move on from this, but it has made me so insecure. I feel like I am a burden on other people because I'm sad a lot of the time, even though I rarely talk about it. I'm afraid to open up to others now because she made me feel like I was a leper for having this illness and wanting to talk about it at all. It's moved into insecurity in nearly all of my relationships. How do I move on from this, my ex-friend, and stop letting it prevent me from having other quality friendships? More importantly, how do I talk about this illness without sounding like a total downer and perhaps costing more friendships in my life? Thanks for your thoughts, and keep on rocking. Adri. Thanks so much for writing in, Adri. Thank you. You know, people said that you should let her go. And I think that they are completely right. Mm-hmm. And in fact, this actually also has to do with what we were talking about growing in the past. It's the same as with friends because it's just a different relationship of your heart that she also wasn't strong enough to be there for you. Yeah. She knows she's not strong enough for it. She's scared of it. You did all of those steps. Those are all fucking amazing steps to go through to try and keep someone around that obviously isn't good enough to be your friend. Yeah. I just feel like that you went to so many lengths and that she just kept pushing away, then you got to let her go. And when you said, like, how does it affect your current relationships, remember that she is not everyone else. No. The way she reacted and the way she is acting is like a child, (laughs) you know, and that you don't fucking need that in your life. You need strong people around you. That's what makes you strong. You have inner strength. Everyone is inner strength. But when they surround themselves by people that are weak or mean or angry, it doesn't bolster your inner strength. It just dissipates it. And that woman was just sapping your strength from you. Yeah. She you just don't sounds, fucking need that. She just sounds like she sucks so bad. And also coming up with other like piddly things that were the issue or 
not fucking responding to that letter at all, mm-hmm. that is not a friend. No. And like that like hurts me even just thinking because I've written a letter like that to a friend before and she wrote me a letter back basically saying to fuck off. But at least she did that <laughs> because she can – I we are not friends anymore. Yeah. No. <laughs> but, you know, but like leaving it out in the air like that means she's too fucking selfish to just stand up and say I'm not strong enough to deal with your illness. Mm-hmm. Which – that's fucking fine, man. You don't need that. You don't. And you have other friends. You have other people that will support you, the people that are telling you to let her go. And you have to remember that, like, that's what your friends are. It's not someone you need to go after and, like, please, you know, because they're, if you have to do that, then they're not worth your time. There are some people you talk to about this shit, and there are some friends that you don't. Right. For example... Ben Kissel, one of my favorite or one of my best friends in the entire world. I love Ben to death. I don't talk to him about my mental illness. I just don't. He's not that friend. Right. Jackie, you, another one of my best friends in the entire world. I talk to you about my mental illness. You know, there are some friends you talk to about it, some friends you don't. That doesn't mean that one friend is any less than the other friend. Right. You know, it's just. It's just a different category of friends. Yeah. It's just that you just have different kinds of friends for different things. There There are some friends that I have that I can call to go get fucked up with all night long in a bar. Uh, and there are other friends that I have that don't drink, you know, right. so I call them for, you know, for different things, you know, like we, that all of your friends are, you know, it's very rare that you have like one friend for everything or like one, I mean, the one person for everything is your husband. Right. You know, it's like the one person that you have for everything. That's, that is your significant other. Uh, and even then you don't, there's not. You know, you don't do everything with your significant other. Like, you know, it's there are some things that uh, that go I do. Go and get your nails done. Yeah, that's yeah, like, you yeah, you're not going to do that with them. Yeah, you're not. You're definitely not going to go do that with them. But uh, I don't think. Uh, I mean, I don't even know where I'm going with this. But <laughs> honestly, uh, but but it's just also it's getting to know someone that like in a way that you realize that you can trust them with mm. how you're uh, with your your illness and how you're really feeling. Yeah. Again, like, you know, I've got 2D friends as well that I talk to about bullshit every day. Mm-hmm. But they don't need to know how I'm actually feeling. They don't need to know about my episodes, you know? They don't need to know about it. And I know that you're in physical discomfort, so I'm sure it's hard to not talk about it sometimes. But also it's just remembering the company you keep and at least it seems like you do have friends that you can talk to about that stuff as well. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're saying is that, you know, mutual friends have agreed that uh, that bullshit, as far as like the wedding goes, her excuse wouldn't be worth cutting off the relationship for. Uh, so you, there are other friends. You have other friends. And I know that, you know, you say that this girl was your best friend. Um Sometimes in life, just like romantic relationships don't work out and just end because you reach the end of the time that you have together, you know, friendships, same thing. Sometimes that happens where you just reach an impasse or uh, some sort of event in your life where you just say, like, you just have to look at it and say, like, okay, well, you know, that was real fun and I appreciated the time I had with that person, but that's over now. And you mourn it. 
You mourn the yeah. end of the relationship. And, you know, it's like people are in your lives for a certain reason at certain times in your life. I had a friend, the friend that I was discussing earlier, that, you know, someone that I lost because she continued to shoot up. I've yeah. talked about it before. She kept doing drugs. She, You know, that's a different situation. But it was so hard for me to let it go mm-hmm. because she was. She was also my complete and utter best friend. But it... it it, exactly like you said it's just it's done yeah it's over and you can still see her i'm sure i don't know if you guys will still interact in other friend group groups and you can still be cordial with her and like i see my friend very rarely but when i do because I, I say be cordial because i try to do that but in reality inside my heart hurts yeah. every time i see her every time because i still didn't want to losing a friend, especially like this when it's like definite end. It's not even like a huge fight, and then it's like fuck you. But <laughs> yeah. it's just like a fizzle out. But like you can recuperate, mm-hmm. and you can move on, and they'll always be in your heart, and it sucks a lot. But you have to remember that you're better off without her. Yeah, absolutely. because you don't need that shit in your life. All right. Well, I guess that'll do for today. There was one question that we didn't get to that I did tell the listener that we were going to get to it today, but we did run out of time, unfortunately. So we will get to it first. Very first, first next week. First next time. Michael, fucking hang on there. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. So just uh, hang on for uh, hang on for a little while. Uh, and we'll get to you next week. Uh, first thing off, I promise. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you uh, have a question or comment for us, write to us at cavecomedyradio at gmail.com. And uh, we will answer your query on the next episode. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week. Thank you.